When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. everybody. Good morning. I am recording this on a Tuesday. There's no reason to put it, be putting a podcast episode out today, but I just wanted to. I was thinking of you all and what you might be needing in the way of support right now. And specifically, I was thinking about the holidays and some of us are staying home, so that'll be different. And then others of us are going to be visiting family. And that's different if you're not with family all of the time. And from personal experience, as an adult child, right, I know sometimes it can be tricky to get around family and to see yourself, to literally watch the landslide of you sliding back into teenager mode or something like it. And it can be frustrating, especially if you're like me, you're really self-aware. You take pride in the fact that you've made a lot of progress on your own with your little family you're a strong-willed individual woman, and then you get around family, and for whatever reason, you notice yourself kind of falling back into, or that's the way I phrase it, right? Falling back into, it sounds so dramatic, but sometimes we genuinely just get a little bit bogged down, and it can be hard in a new setting and with new people to stay aligned with who we feel like we are today, especially if those people, maybe one way you might phrase it is they don't bring out the best in you, or if they are just difficult personalities, right? All of these ways that we talk about our family sometimes. And I just want to support you. So today I have three little goodies, maybe four, (laughs) that I've um, thought about. And I also want to give a shout out to my beautiful, lovely, amazing clients as well, because they so bravely, you know, they got back from Thanksgiving and some of them are like analyzing, okay, how did it go? How did I do? Analyzing in the best way, as in, do I like how I showed up? And um, many of them prepared with me to be around family for Thanksgiving. And then also we're going into Christmas now, and that might be coming up again for many of you. So just want to share some of the things that they and I went through and that I have learned personally with my own family as an adult you know, an adult woman who is also a child and a sister and a cousin and all the things. All right. So the first thing I want to offer that I thought was such a beautiful thought that my client Meredith and I came up with is that there are no expectations. I love this thought. It felt so squishy, yummy, warm and fuzzy. And let me tell you what I mean by it. So, and how you can use it. So a lot of times the biggest obstacle, if we step back and look at what goes wrong or where we kind of get off course 
and stop being true to ourselves and acting the way that we want to when we're with our family is oftentimes because of one of two things. Either we had an expectation for ourselves when we went to visit family and we're not meeting it in the moment and we get frustrated and whatever goes, go, we go down that rabbit hole or we are spending our time and energy thinking about the expectations of the people who we are with. So one example of that might be, let's say you're together for Christmas dinner and you really don't want any turkey, but your mom, you notice, really thinks it's important that everyone serves themselves turkey. And you are like in her head thinking about her expectation and her feelings versus doing what you really want to do is, which is listen to your body and eat intuitively and just do what you feel like. And maybe you'll have some Turkey later, maybe not. But what happens is we get so focused on our mother's expectations, for example, right? That we get off track with what feels good to us. And what this creates is a bit of resentment. Now, maybe that's a small thing. Okay. It's fine. I'll just dish up some Turkey. I'll take a couple bites. Not a big deal. Give some to the dog under the table or put some on my daughter's plate. (laughs) Right. But ultimately that resentment sits there and it can build up over time. Now I want to show you a more appropriate or another option of a way that you can do this. So if you have somebody who you know has an expectation. You have one of two options. You can just stay in your own business and and really be like, you know, there isn't any expectation for me because I am me and I can do what feels good to me and that's okay. It's always okay to do that. And if somebody else has an expectation, that's their responsibility. Like that's their choice to expect and to believe that everybody should have turkey at Christmas dinner. And that's none of my business. If she wants to believe that and expect that of me or anybody else, totally fine. She can. And I'm not going to be living according to somebody else's expectations. It's just not my job and it's it's not my expectation. So why would I be trying to fit into it or live by it when it's not mine? I didn't create it. um, So it's not me, right? So we stay in our own authentic self or we can really honestly do the thing from a place of love and lightheartedness because we just want to be there for our mom and just see the delight in her eyes when you take that turkey that she worked so hard on. And so there's a difference between taking it and resenting it because you really didn't want it versus just deciding that you're going to take some and have some and you're okay with it. And the reason that you are you like, you like the reason that you are, which is that you just decide that you want to do something that you're pretty sure is going to, your mom is going to have thoughts about this thing that you do that creates delight and joy for her. And you just want to be there for her in that way on Christmas. So versus right versus like all of the harboring and the negative emotion and wishing that you didn't have to, and thinking you have to, and doing it from a place of obligation. But ultimately at the end of the day, this thought, you can take it. And I offer it to you, which is there are really no expectations unless you've created them. So don't be putting anybody else's expectations in your brain because those are not yours. They're none of your business. Those are your parents or whoever else's. And I think that will be really, really helpful. Um, I wanted to also add into this point of no expectations. I stayed at home for Thanksgiving um, by myself with my little family that I've created, my three kids who are six and under, the, the, to say that they appreciated Thanksgiving dinner would be an overstatement. 
I think that they thought it was fun that mom and dad were in the kitchen together and we were playing music, you know, Christmas music or whatever. But at the end of the day, they were like, what? This is different than we usually eat. And I don't really like this and blah, 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 blah. It was very anticlimactic. And so this thought can come in handy if you are staying at home for Christmas when typically maybe you would, in a non-pandemic year, you might be going out and visiting family and that's a very normal thing. And so something that's not normal is you staying home. Just remember, this is available to you, that you could just blank slate it. There are no expectations. That's always available to you. Okay, point number two to help you out during the holidays is that you are only responsible for you. Now, one thing that we do as women specifically is when we get around family, we do this thing and tell me if this resonates because I know I do it and I know my clients do it is we start saying things to ourselves like, Oh, I don't want her to think that we are doing really well financially. I don't want her to feel bad about herself. So that's an example, or I don't want them to feel like we don't care if we don't stay with them and we get an Airbnb, right? You get the idea. I don't want her to think that I don't like them just because I stay in my room for an hour in the middle of the day, because that's just what I need to do because I'm an introvert and they're all extroverts, whatever the things are. So, um, this really makes it hard for ourselves. I call this mental gymnastics. It's like, here we are, we're in our own lane. We're thinking about what we need. We're taking care of ourselves. And then the circumstance changes. We arrive at our family's house and all of a sudden our brain starts to stretch itself out and stick its hand into other people's business and like their feelings and their thoughts about us. And pretty soon we're so running around all over the place mentally trying to make sure this person feels this way and make sure this person doesn't think this that we are out of touch and out of alignment with ourselves. We're not being authentic. Now we find ourselves trying to be something that we're not really. We're kind of pretending we're downplaying things or we're overemphasizing other things or we're filtering ourselves and not saying these things. And we're trying to say these things. It's exhausting. And we just think that we need to do this. We naturally don't even question this peacemaking tendency and that we have as women. But I just want you to notice if you're doing this and realize that you are the only one that's creating all this pressure to behave or show up a certain way. And it's always available to you to let go of all of that. So some thoughts that could help you do that when you notice your brain wanting to worry about other people's thoughts and feelings is it's time to be an adult. And what an adult does, like an emotional adult is she takes care of her own emotions and from an authentic place of a cup that is filled and she's taken care of because she puts herself first, she's able to give authentically instead of pretending or trying to be something that she's not. Don't you feel like that's kind of a teenager thing to do? And I don't like, I still catch myself doing this sometimes. So to be real, so it's like, but ultimately all of us collectively can shift into this place of, I'm not going to try to people please anymore. I'm not going to try to be something I'm not anymore. And that's always available to you. You just have to get comfortable with other people having thoughts and feelings about that because, and this is another thought that could help you is you actually can't not control. Like we can't control 
other people's thoughts. If we could, it might feel so nice and warm and fuzzy, but that's not the plan. That's not how this existence works anyway, right? So um, I want you to try to play this game with yourself to find how that can actually be the best thing. And I want to challenge you to feel the freedom that comes when you really, really let go of other people's thoughts. So what that means, let me give you an example. Let's say you're doing a virtual Christmas party with your family and um, your, let's say your mom asks you, Hey, did you, aren't you going to do this, this, and this? And you're like, Nope, I'm not. I'm good that we already did everything that we wanted to. So yeah, whose turn is it next to talk? And you, this is when like, if somebody has body language or they whisper something to their husband or somebody makes a sigh, it's like, you don't make it mean anything. That's theirs. You don't take that. You don't let your brain take that and be like, oh, I wonder if she's mad at me. Oh, maybe I should do this. You just leave it there. That's theirs. That's their emotions. Give them the space to have emotions about what you're doing. You don't need to jump in and try to fix their emotions or explain yourself. And I love, my mother-in-law told me this when I was really, really depressed after one of my babies, second or third child. She said, you don't need to complain, but you also don't need to explain. So we don't need to be complaining and getting into other people's business, but we also don't need to explain why we're doing things. So you are only responsible for you. It's time to be an adult. Let their thoughts and feelings be theirs. This cleans it up immensely and leaves you with so much more energy to just be your authentic self. I love doing this. I challenge you to do it. And it's not always easy. And so the third point I have today is for those moments where you try to implement this stuff and you find yourself just not able to, and you find yourself going right back into what you were really hoping you wouldn't do this year at Christmas when you were with your family, whatever that is for you. So this third point is give yourself grace and space. Now, I know that we all kind of want to do this and we know that we should do this more often. And and we're like, oh, but how do you actually do it? All actions and results come from our thoughts, which create our feelings. And our feelings are like the fuel that drive the actions. And so if you want to give yourself more grace and space, first, let me make a case for why, and then we'll talk about how. So why would you want to have more grace with yourself when your brain is telling you, oh, I should have been able to change this by now. Oh, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to act this way this year. Here's why this happens. Here's why it can be so hard to change around family. There's two reasons. Number one, this is fascinating, you guys. But I've just kind of, as I've pondered, I've reflected, and with what I know about the brain, here's what I have for you. So number one, the people that you are around, their brains have years of cognitive bias. In other words, your brain and their brains, when they, when, okay, so let's just take their brains, for example, when they have a thought about you or a belief that's been there for years, like she loves animals and she's, or like, (laughs) That's a really random one. I'm pretty sure my brothers think that about me. (laughs) Let's just take one like she's really sensitive and overdramatic. Okay, so let's say you have people in your family that they say that to you and you kind of get the idea they believe that about you. The chances are you might have been that way at one time or you might have believed that you were that way one time. I actually did believe when I was younger that I was dramatic and people in my family would tell that to me and now I'm kind of split between... I totally am. Let's just own that. I kind of like some good drama in my life. (laughs) I'd be a good actress. (laughs) And then I also vacillate between that and, 
oh, people calling you dramatic is what humans do when they don't like how they feel. So instead of just like feeling the discomfort of watching you express your emotions in the way that you are, they just point the finger at you and they're like, oh, you're being dramatic. And it's just a way that people kind of diffuse the discomfort that they're feeling. So I kind of have both of those thoughts about it. So when I get around people and you, I want you to think about when you get around your family and they have any belief about you and it's been there for years. And you might've also shared that belief at one time, even if it's no longer true about you and you don't believe that about you. Um, there's two things that happen. Number one is their brains want to prove them right. Just like your brain, our brains, all of our brains are programmed to prove their own beliefs and thoughts right. And so they're going to find evidence and be looking for evidence, not in like a criminal, you know, they're like pestering you sort of way, but naturally the brain just wants to prove itself. Right. So they're always going to be looking for evidence to you being dramatic. And then you, your brain wants to go to what's familiar. So if you used to be dramatic or you used to think that you were dramatic, it might be easier for your brain to start to get on your case and show you how you're being dramatic, even though that might not be a belief that you struggle with when you're at home by yourself doing your own thing away from extended family. Let's do one more example of this. Let's say you in your family has always, you've always been known as the social butterfly and you're so very social, you're very extroverted. And in the last maybe decade of raising your family and only seeing your extended family occasionally, you've started to realize that you're actually pretty introverted and you're pretty happy at home. And so you get around your family and they see things like, what's wrong with you? What, like, where's the crazy Lizzie or what's the party happening? Like, why aren't you being more blah, 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 blah. And so their brain, right? They might have this belief that you're this social butterfly, but you've actually changed. So that can be another place where friction happens is you are always up to date with the nuances of your self-concept and your personality changes, and they might not be. And so they might be expecting something different and you, you're, you might naturally want to fill their expectations and you might just naturally gravitate towards being the person that they think that you are because that's comfortable and it almost feels like control. And it's probably just who you used to be. And when you're around people who believe you to be that person, it's really easy to just be that person, almost like you're doing it for them. Um, or for your past brain who used to think that way about you. So I just want you to notice that that's why it's so easy to fall back into who we are is because of our family's cognitive bias, our family's beliefs about who we are that might be outdated, but they're still there for them. And then our brain loves to do what's familiar. And we love to kind of just like lay back into that old self-concept because it was so familiar for so long. And it's possible that the ways that you have changed are more recent versus like 20 years of, you know, living at home and being around that family. So hopefully that helps you understand why you tend to become this other version of you, even though that can be so frustrating because you're like, Oh, I'm not like this anymore. Why do I do this every time? I'll give you one more example. And this is something that happens pretty regularly with me when I get around my family, which is that Um, So I'm this strong, capable, independent woman. I'm building a business. I have a whole load of clients. Like I'm amazing. And I love the way that I've changed and grown over the last couple of years using coaching. And for whatever reason, when I get around my family, like I get into this place of shame, like I am not enough. And I know I can feel it so distinctly in my body because in my business, 
I always feel like I'm enough. And even if I have failures or I fall on my face and a launch doesn't work or something, you know, random stuff like that, I am always able to find this, this belief. I am enough. And I feel it in my motherhood. I would say 99% of the time now. And so it's really difficult for me to go back into this shame storm. I call it of getting around sisters-in-laws or, you know, other parents, like people like, for example, I'm the youngest in my family by a lot. I'm the youngest of nine children combined. It's a second marriage. So my mom had six kids and my stepdad three. And so there's nine total. And sometimes I can feel a fool when I'm parenting my kids. And there's these, there's these parents that have over a decade more than I do of parenting children. And I can get in my head a lot and feel like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And it feels very vulnerable. And I literally, I can like shut down and just want to withdraw. And I get into this shame storm of I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. And I would love to be like, okay, that's not going to happen this time. But I'm also just open to it. It might, I might just feel some shame. That might just be something that my brain does in a way that I can't always get ahead of. No matter how many tools I have, I'm still human. And this shame, shame storm still happens for me sometimes. And so the last thing that you need when you're experiencing something like that, and the last thing that I need is an onslaught of self-judgment on top of something that's already difficult and that we're already disappointed about. So I just want to offer to you that this is where grace just comes in. It's like, this is the part, and this is a thought that really helps me get into grace is this is the part where I'm human and I just feel this and I just feel it and it's just happening and there's nothing to do about it. It's nothing's gone wrong. This is just the part where I'm human. Another thought that I absolutely love, and I'll leave you with this one, you guys, is of course I feel this way. Of course I do. I care what these people think. I'm in the middle of reframing my self-concept in my late twenties, early thirties. And these people, you know, think these other things of me, which is totally their right. And there's just a little dissonance there sometimes. And of course I'm feeling this way. Nothing's actually gone wrong. So with those thought, I hope thoughts, I hope they provide a lot of grace and space for you as you're around your family. So just to recap, there are no expectations unless you're in other people's heads. Technically it's available to you to have no expectations. You are only responsible for you and grace and space, (laughs) space, grace and space is always available to us. And no matter how strong we are and how much we've progressed, we're still human. So of course you're going to feel these things. I hope that helps you this holiday season and that you can just love all of it, no matter what comes up for you. And then of course, for my clients, it's so fun to bring it all back and delve into it in a coaching session and notice, oh my gosh, I noticed I said this and it like came out of nowhere, or I noticed I really felt this, or when my parents said this, I didn't freak out like I normally would have. So I encourage you after the holidays to for sure, take some moments to celebrate how you've grown and how you did it just a little bit more like how you wanted to over last year. I love you guys, no expectations and happy holidays. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon.
is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.